So a question that we can explore is how to best deal with unwanted impulses. For example, antisocial impulses, destructive impulses, uh, all that kind of stuff. So uh, maybe the first step uh, to, to take is to remind ourselves that uh, we're not bad for the impulses that we have. We mean good no matter what. That's the only way that the will can function. With that said, we have, uh, or a way perhaps to characterize matters is that we have a particular necessary nature that is continually seeking its expression. And there are, in fact, higher and higher ways to uh, express uh, that, that nature, to express ourselves. So, for example, uh, uh, part and parcel of our nature is the desire to feel free and uninhibited and unrestrained and unconstrained by anyone or anything, ourself included, our prior self. Uh, and, and that is why we see that we hate to feel, generally speaking, that we are under somebody's thumb, uh, uh, whether it is of an employer that we feel is, is uh, uh, not respecting our, our dignity enough and is not paying us enough, or even it is that of our own self from yesterday when we said that today we would wake up early and work out. Today I don't want to. I feel restrained by my past self. And by my past commitments, so I'm ready and willing to break them. I might feel restrained in a relationship or by children, by a significant other. So I don't want that. I might feel restrained by uh, uh, even gu guidelines, uh, social guidelines, community guidelines, all these kinds of things. And, and we see that um, there's, there's various uh, uh, manifestations of this desire to feel free and dignified uh, and, and unrestrained and unconstrained. So, uh, for example, if I have received ample human training, I understand that the way for me to truly feel free uh, is to realize my potential uh, as opposed to simply indulging in my animal impulses at the moment. If I uh, uh, right now, I don't want to work, but I know that if I work, then eventually I can build a maybe a satisfying career or at least uh, get paid enough so that on the weekends I can do what I want. So. Consequently, I'm not going to walk off right now, uh, this very moment uh, on Monday at uh, uh, 3 p.m. Just because uh, if that's where my shift is, just because I want to, I'm going to hold myself back. Uh, uh, but uh, and the same thing goes with uh, other things. If I uh, uh, give up my freedom when it comes to relationships, uh, treating people any which way, when it comes to rules of propriety, uh, then I will hopefully attain the greater freedom of being able to realize my potential and feel like my, my life is going in a positive direction. If, however, excuse me, I continually indulge, uh, again, that animalistic freedom that I constantly feel the need for, I want to do this, I want to do that, at any given moment, then I won't be able to build anything in my life and I won't feel the way that I want to feel. But if I don't have that human training, this is obviously an extremely difficult skill to get down and, and that very many of us, unfortunately, unfortunately, excuse me, do not get down. And, and that would be one of the sorts of impulses and the categories of impulses that we want to check. And the way, the way here is to understand these concepts with our mind and then slowly begin to try to realize them, understand what's going on. How come I don't uh, like to follow rules? I don't like to keep my promise. I don't like to keep my word. There's individuals that thrive off of giving their word and then not keeping it. It's one thing I slipped up. I promised and I couldn't do it. Something came up. Uh, although and I, ideally I should never promise unless it's 100% guarantee, which usually probably comes from negative things. Like I won't do that as opposed to what I will do. But 
one thing that happened by accident, but there's certain individuals that really get a high out of saying, I promise I'll do this, I'll be there, and then not doing it. And, and here it would, would presumably be that satisfaction. There might be some other motives, but uh, along the lines of what we're talking about, that satisfaction of, of that nature of ours, which demands freedom. And here it's that illicit way to, to gain, to feel free and unconstrained. You see, I gave my word to this person to, to be there, that I'll be there. And maybe that person even showed up there. And yet I didn't show up. Ha ha. I'm free and you're constrained. You're bound down by your word. You're bound down by rules. And I'm not. So here we'd have to understand intellectually what goes on in these kinds of instances. Uh, and, and then we would have to uh, uh, make a slow plan for checking uh, 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 the, those impulses and understanding that that is simply not the way to go. I break my word. I can't hold down a job. I can't hold down a relationship because I continually want to feel unconstrained. I'm not going to have much of a life, will I? It'll just be uh, uh, this kind of a, a, a shoot show where the scenes are unconnected with each other, constantly just pursuing a desire. So I understand it. Then I try to w uh, work through it. Again, it's not because I mean bad. It's not because I have a different nature to somebody else. It's just that I, I'm, I'm currently expressing that nature in some of those lower, more animalistic, uh, uh, more childish and, and creaturely ways, which is okay for now. But hopefully I'll change that. Uh, what else do we have further? We have, uh, we struggle oftentimes with impulses that would be identified as antisocial. For example, viewing other people as objects, even when we know we're not supposed to. For example, I know I'm supposed to love uh, such and such relative of mine, but each time I see them, I only see money, meaning I see uh, maybe they're older, I'm thinking about their will, I'm thinking of what they will leave for me. Uh, so that's an antisocial impulse because it's not minding and adequately respecting the reality of the individual, which is not strictly as it concerns me and certainly my pockets. All right, so uh, either there's certain individuals that in cases like this will uh, deny it and feel very guilty unconsciously or consciously and then have to create a whole narrative. No, I don't really feel that way. I deny it. No way. Other individuals will embrace it and, and, and then to avoid the cognitive dissonance automatically will change up the entire personality. See, I'm, I'm a kind of cold guy or girl. I'm the kind of guy or girl that really objectifies people. I'm bad. I'm a bad dude. I'm a bad girl. So those are two options there that are come from our unconsciousness and that are automatic. But here the conscious option would be to acknowledge that not all of our impulses are perfectly human and perfectly pro-social. And that's okay. Again, we don't want to keep it that way, but for the time being, it is what it is. Uh, and uh, the, if I cannot respect another person's existence for its own sake, and I only see them as a means for some kind of low end, for example, my pocketbook or something like this, that just means that I need to work more on connecting with my true self, which is somewhere there, deep beneath the impulses and the desires and the greed and all of this. Hopefully it's somewhere there. It certainly is somewhere there. I, I need to focus on uncovering that self of mine, and then I need to focus on uncovering uh, or connecting with the self of another person, even a person to whom I cannot attribute immediate uh, kind of uh, uh, worth. There's some individuals that we see uh, that have dynamic personalities or are intelligent or something like this. So even a person that is disconnected from their self can identify, oh, that's a that's an individual, that's somebody uh, special. But there's other people that uh, are not necessarily thriving and prospering as human beings, and they might uh, be more or less shut down intellectually, morally, emotionally, and that makes it e all the easier to objectify individuals like that and say, ah, 
that's a person uh, that uh, whose soul worth consists out of what they can do for me in a base way. There's even a very famous story in world literature wherein a person has a similar uh, uh, line of thought concerning uh, an elderly lady and takes her life uh, due to not uh, being able to, 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 to grant her any reality and for uh, his own selfish uh, gain and uh, obviously to no good end. So we say the idea would be even when an individual has not, unfortunately, realized his or her potential. That person is still there. There's still a self there. It's still the same nature that everybody has that is seeking its realization that, unfortunately, did not find its highest expression in that given instance. But it doesn't mean that the person is not real or that we then go and simply see them as a dollar sign or as a means to satisfy our low selfish desires right and along those lines again it is absolutely normal and very common that we have uh, violent impulses that we have visualize bashing somebody's head in with a hammer not to get too graphic right whether it's our boss whether it's a family member whether it's people that we're supposed to love and we're supposed to uh, appreciate but sometimes those visualizations come those desires come uh, sometimes again, <laughs> desires to, or at least visualizations to do horrible things that the, the people come. And again, it's very, very common and very, very normal. And uh, the idea would be not because it wouldn't be because we're, we're fundamentally other than good or something like this, but because our, our, our foremost reality, our primary reality concerns the physical and the psychological and our entire nature, which eventually should flower out to uh, and to bring in as much content as possible and as many interests as possible and become as, quote-unquote, universal and, and, and broad as can be. Initially, it's completely contracted and it strictly concerns ourself. And again, the, the physical, the physiological, the psychological, and all of that. Our absolute need for power, for dignity, for control, for, for bliss, for, for goodness, for all of this concerns strictly this tiny, tiny little narrow point of being that we call our own. I have a stomach. I feel it's stomach pains. I have certain things I need psychologically to feel good, to feel like myself, and that's it. So consequently, it's no surprise if uh, I, I sometimes my desires run wild and I uh, dehumanize the people around me and wish to do horrible things to them and, and destroy them in, in favor of my selfishness. We see that uh, a person that has not at all sustained any kind of broadening uh, of self. Uh, if, a, if a person like that is insulted, there's absolutely a desire to utterly and completely annihilate the object that has insulted and injured him or her. And this is why we see these horrible, gruesome acts. Somebody a little bit insults somebody else, looks at them the wrong way. The person goes, uh, gets a weapon, destroys them brutally, gruesomely, horribly. Uh, we see uh, that uh, there's unfortunately mega criminals that uh, go and take the lives of very many people and uh, in horrific ways, not in, in humane ways, if that, as if that was any better, but in horrific ways. Right? And, and here that would be the idea. When our absolute need for power, for dignity, for control and all of that is, is limited to our tiny little uh, sense of psychological and physical self, the retribution, the bounce back has to be immense. For example, there's a story just to demonstrate this concept uh, of a young man that uh, whose father got uh, a little too rowdy one evening and the neighborhood police officer came and he took him away, took him to the drunk tank, kept him there 
overnight. And the young man saw maybe whatever it was, seven, eight, nine years old, probably something like that, so, saw the, the police officer uh, take his dad away, put his hands behind his back, put handcuffs on him, take him away. So the next day, excuse me, this young man was walking with the uh, the son of, of the police officer uh, back home from school. And all of a sudden he tackles this, this kid uh, and he, he takes him to the ground. He takes out some string or, or whatever it was that he had. He puts his hands behind his back, ties them together and leads him home like that. And he tells him, your dad did this to my dad last night and I'm going to do it to you. And get the point. So is it because this was a rational thought out thing? No. Was it because this young man meant bad and had a fundamentally flawed nature? No, because we have an absolute need for dignity and for power and for control. And when we have a childlike uh, a sense of self, which is there completely appropriate for a child, make no mistake, then uh, any such blow to dignity, to autonomy will, will have to result in some or another compensation later on. So here, it's my father, you know, he's supposed to uh, be powerful and, and in control himself. I seen him get, or I saw him uh, get uh, manhandled. I saw him get uh, put down. And now that creates that, it's like a band to stretch. Now that has to get, something has to give somewhere else. And here the opportunity came up very soon by the way of, of this, uh, the, the officer's son. And I did the same thing to him. And now I'm good. The, the, I'm back to zero. So we see with ill-formed personalities with tiny senses of self where these same kinds of things where very tragically uh, the, the abuse occurred and, and all kinds of horrible things. And, and that creates that same kind of bounce back. And it can take many decades to fully bounce back. But when it does, it's a horrible thing. And a person is, is willing to, to horrifically annihilate and destroy others in, in, in gruesome ways. So here we see that we don't need to get to that stage, but we can have variants of that. We have that absolute need, not to repeat too many times, for power, for self-control, for dignity, and uh, its realization uh, is contingent on, uh, or is in relation to our sense of self. If I have really truly annihilated my own personal narrow selfish interest and narrow sense of self that's concerned with my body and my perceived psychological uh, uh, interests, then, in fact, I would not uh, sustain a, an insult in the first place. I would not perceive something to be an insult to myself because I've removed the self that could be insulted. But that's not easy to get to that point. So we can be excused if uh, we do get insulted and we do feel that need to, to annihilate somebody or something. And we do have these visualizations of destroying even the people closest to us because sometimes it's the very people closest to us that can almost step on our toes in this way and, and to whom we open up and consequently to, uh, who can really, truly uh, kind of uh, circumtail, if that's the right word, uh, or, or this absolute need of ours for, for dignity, for freedom, and then we want to get them back. So here it would be the, the probably the healthy thing would be not to deny it, not to rationalize it, not to change up our understandings to accommodate it, but just to say it's normal. I, I'm a, I have the same nature as anybody else within my current stage of development. This is how my nature finds its expression. Why don't I try to eventually make a plan or I can make a plan right away, but eventually I'm going to try to widen my sense of self. I want to widen my interest to where uh, I will not be so easily insulted and, and offended. And, and, and I will hopefully then not want to rip people's heads off and, and do horrible things to, uh, to, to those closest to me or, or otherwise, not necessarily, wh whoever it might be, whether it's my boss or the person who cuts me off on the road or the celebrity on the social media or the politician or whoever it might be. 
So that's an idea there. What else do we have? We have uh, the whole class of uh, uh, of uh, uh, usually or potentially unwanted impulses that concern the directly animal, uh, starting with the more PG things, such as the desire to eat and to drink and to sleep and going on from there. So here we see also that this is uh, one of the most uh, kind of uh, volatile areas in that if we uh, let our impulses run wild, they really can overtake our life. And consequently, our life as a self, as a rational conscious being, shrinks to, to, to zero or close to zero and is replaced purely by the blind pursuit of these, these, uh, of these uh, uh, animal desires and, and uh, their satisfactions. And that's not what we want because that's not our true good. It's a every good that at the end will leave us broken and leave us uh, uh, being a nothing and a nobody in the deepest sense where it counts. So here also, the first step to avoid any kinds of kind of weird uh, psychological maneuvering, that we have to reduce the guilt. The guilt doesn't allow us to see things clearly. We uh, have these impulses and desires, not because we mean bad, not because we mean anything other than good, but because that's our nature expressing itself in, in these lower than, than perhaps uh, ideal ways. Uh, I, that, that would then... The nature we have in common with all uh, the rest of life. So here we can diffuse the guilt a little bit, but then we have to at least begin by uh, uh, disassociating with uh, uh, these kinds of impulses. Meaning, uh, the impulses happen to me. I am not them. Just because I want to do such and such thing doesn't mean I then have to change up my whole rational, conscious understanding of what is good and bad, what is right and wrong to accommodate my desires. And this we see uh, happen all too frequently. It's an easy trap from our unconsciousness that we can fall into. We have a particular such animal desire, which uh, in, in the animals is seen, uh, there's only simple uh, uh, vari kind of variations of it that have to do directly with uh, their uh, uh, rational object. But in us, these kinds of desires mix up with a, a, a potentially endless amount of psychological things uh, deep, deep from our consciousness, uh, this kind of conflict, this kind of stage in our childhood, all kinds of things. So consequently, that these desires find their realization by the way of of of, of many of us, uh, of Homo sapiens, in 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 very in a very very diverse ways. Let's just say. So usually, what occurs, or or the threat here is that there's a certain desire, and, and then. We indulge in it or it's so strong over such a long period of time that eventually we give in or at the very least we reprogram our understanding of what is good and what is right and wrong based on our desire. And we become our desire. We begin to make our whole life about satisfying our desires and about rationalizing them and justifying them. And, and then again, unfortunately, human life is at that point over if it ever even begun. And uh, we're, we simply are left with, with that uh, blind pursuit of impulses. And then there in our spare time, we, uh, we justify them and we mold our life uh, in accord with them. As, as bizarre as it would seem, this is what we see go on in, in very, very many uh, uh, cases herein. And especially because the desires we're talking about are so strong and so all-encompassing and uh, that uh, they can really uh, do their trick, tricks with us. So here, the key would be, or a key would be, first and foremost, to disassociate with our desires. I'm not my desire. I'm not my impulses. I am not the sense of I. That makes a choice consciously, wittingly, is not this, the I 
that is responsible, we would say, for the fact that I want something. It's an extremely complicated psychology, and there's so, so many factors that factor in into what I find appealing and alluring and, and what I want and what I don't want, that for me to say I chose this, that's not realistic. I had the sense of self again that, that says, okay, I'm going to choose the vanilla ice cream over the chocolate, chocolate over, over the vanilla, something like that. So I disassociate with my desires. I take a step back from them. And then I, I, I need to uh, begin to, to, to think rationally and, 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 uh, and sensibly about them. What is really a healthy outlet for my desires? What will enable me to build myself up as a human being, as a rational, conscious uh, entity whose uh, overwhelming focus is on, on, uh, on truth and, and, on, and on perfecting oneself ethically, on, on widening uh, one's personality, uh, one's character, building up one's character, all these kinds of things. How ought I handle this desire? Now we see that these kinds of desires are, are, are broad. They're, they, they're, they can be specific, but the root of it is much broader than its, its particular instantiation. So consequently, here we have a lot of latitude for redirecting that root towards something, R-O-O-T, meaning uh, towards something much more constructive and, 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 uh, and socially acceptable, if that's a factor, and, and uh, that will not ultimately lead to, to our destruction. But we need to supervise consciously this process and know what we're doing in order to best facilitate it. Otherwise, so, so many other issues. And so, so we don't want to hear, this wouldn't be a good uh, place to give specific examples, but let's just, using variables, we can give uh, uh, something along the lines of a specific example. So let's say that uh, uh, I have a, a consistent desire to satisfy a, a broad uh, root, a, a broad impulse that is, is seeking its satisfaction in X, right? In X activity. And I know that X activity is completely unacceptable. It's destructive. It will lead to my downfall and it will lead to my corruption and it will lead to my animalization. What do I do? If I simply sit on X, it can eat me away. It can uh, it can just uh, also be very negative. If I satisfy it, it's not uh, also, uh, I'm, I'm setting myself up for destruction. So one of the first things is, again, I want to bring it to the surface. I want to become conscious of it. I want to uh, uh, think rationally and calmly about it, disassociate with it, understand it's not me. It's something that's presented to me, much like heat or cold or hunger or something like this. The same thing here. So here I say, is there any other way for me to satisfy this basic desire in a socially appropriate way? Or in a way, forget socially or not, in a way that will not lead to my destruction and my animalization. And chances are there is, especially if I put a little desire into it and I have a little character and a little will to not destroy myself. So now I find that outlet and I and I can then in a healthy in or healthier uh, uh, way begin to uh, to uh, uh, kind of uh, sublimate the the desire that, uh, that that was that was seeking its expression in an unacceptable form into something much more acceptable and, and, and we see that th this can surely be done but the ideal would be that being that these kinds of um desires again that their roots go deep and, and and we can reach a point where it has nothing to do with anything particular that uh, we can apprehend it's something much more in, in, intrinsic to our nature and hopefully eventually with enough development and enough growth we can completely sublimate and subvert uh, any such desires that initially sought their expression like that into really truly uh, higher forms that are not in the least uh, bit 
problematic for herself and that on the contrary will turn us in, uh, into more, make us more human uh, and more conscious and more rational uh, as opposed to uh, the converse. So those are some ideas therein, uh, as with anything else, it's so important to not sweep things under the rug, to consciously, uh, conscientiously deal with things and, and also to not uh, uh, then make a, a, a thing out of our weakness, out of our desires and, and identify with them and make our whole life about them and their satisfaction and the exculpation of our guilt. Because then we've, again, we've destroyed our life and goodness forbid, and, and we definitely don't want that. So what else can we talk about? Talked about uh, antisocial impulses a little bit, uh, these kinds of desires. Um, and so, I mean, that, that, that probably covers a lot of these things, uh, but uh Again, there's probably a lot more particular ones, but we would say the broad keys are to make something conscious, consciously deal with it, separate from it. Don't consider it to be uh, uh, one and the same thing as oneself. Consider it to be a struggle, a challenge that one is dealing with externally uh, and, and certainly do not begin to exculpate oneself and, and identify with it and say, see, it's not so bad that, that this is what I want. You know, I, ha I keep having this impulse to, uh, uh, rip off the head of my neighbor after he or she dropped some trash onto my property, but it's really not so bad. You know, I might even become, a, a, you know, find other people that want to do the same thing and we'll tell each other we're righteous and we're great. We don't want to do that. <laughs> but at the same time, we don't want to deny it or repress it. Oh, no, no, I'm not. I, I never want that. No, 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 no. We just, again, we say we're not that, uh, we're fallible. We're not yet per perfected beings, believe it or not. So consequently, uh, my desires, my innermost nature, again, freedom, power, absolute uh, pleasure, good, what all these things, they find their expression in these lower, more animalistic, more selfish, more narrow ways. But if I keep working on myself and broadening my personality, my character, or building my character, broadening my sense of self, uh, then hopefully I will get to higher and higher uh, uh, levels of expression of that very same nature and leave all of those things that prior uh, were so problematic for me far behind in the dust. So let's keep going. Think about it and do it. Thank you for listening.